podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We're called Whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need Hello, my name's Mark Webster. This is what can only be called the final Euro whistleblowers for this particular tenure. Because, of course, we could be back here in four years' time. Who knows? More importantly, we'll be back in about three weeks' time because of a brand-new Premier League season. We're going out in style. Bleacher Report have sent us their two top men. And <laughs> don't pull funny faces. This is the big, this is the big sell-up. Um... And by the way, gentlemen, I'm delighted to say that you are, uh, th- this has never happened in the history of the Whistleblowers. I'm about to give it its title before we even started. Welcome to From Rosé to Jose. <laughs> I ain't wasting that crap, uh, you know, just for the written word. It sounds so much better out loud. Mr. Gary Hayes returns again. Nice to see you, son. Thank you very much indeed. Because, of course, we, you've been with us in the early parts of the round when this was bubbling under as a tournament. Bowatade. Yes, I have. <laughs> oh! That's good afternoon in Portuguese, by the way. <laughs> well played. And, and of course, just ignore when this is, you're hearing this, everybody. He's not taking you into account. Sam Pilger, of course, we've been trying, but he's much too big. Trying to pin you down, son, aren't you? Although you appear to be t- t- much too tan for my liking. You've been somewhere, haven't you? I haven't. This is, I, I really haven't, No? No. Nowhere. Oh, just a shoe. I tan easily, but thanks for. Oh, no, yeah. no, is that what it is? It's my beautiful olive skin. He's, he's got a yeah. sunbed in his living room. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, of course. Which is where he spent the last month, of course. <laughs> uh, and as I say, you, you two fellas, uh, two fine fellows from uh, Bleacher Report, we'll talk about that um, later on during the podcast, but we want to keep it nice and simple to start with, I think. Um, I'm going to want to say the unthinkable. Or am I saying the very thinkable? That final was won because there was no Ronaldo on the pitch. Too broad? No, I, th- no, I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is. I think- so it's, cause it's, a, it's a weird and strange and, and headline thing to say. I think it, it lifted them because they knew they had to play even better without him. They couldn't look to him. But it sort of symbolised the, the, uh, the tournament as a whole. You know, teams overriding individuals really um and and right up until the final you know um so yeah i think i think maybe they would have looked at him he 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 had a good tournament you know three goals second top scorer but uh, you know maybe the final might have been just beyond him and and they sort of had a cause you know a cause always is is good to rally around and and uh they uh, they just got the job done. Just yeah, You're exa- exactly right. The, the, you know the, the, this rally round the flag idea. This 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 the unity thing. The thing that Wales obviously the bottom line is the one that sort of represented in terms of our particular uh, septic isle. Um, that worked for them. I was surprised though that that Portugal's players. It was it's, it's a strange kind of schizophrenia about it because of course they've done it for their man by being a better team than it would have been if their man was in the team. Yeah, I think as well, just to add to, to Sam's point, is that I think that it encouraged them to play a way that had Ronaldo been on the pitch, they wouldn't have maybe been exactly. allowed to in terms of, you know, the the criticism from their, their national press and, you know, just the, the Europe-wide press that when Ronaldo went off, it meant they didn't have that outlet that they'd have had before. Yeah. And they, they weren't having to feed the superstar, so they were able to... You know, be a bit more entrenched at the back because then I think even when you look at the goal the way the goal came about was that France were playing a little bit of a higher line that meant they got mm. caught out where Koscielny was on the wrong side of Adair which gave him that space which obviously led to the goal and 
I think that I played to their, you know, into yes. their favour because France knew they could go at them a bit more because they had nothing on the break. You yeah. know, they had Nanny and that was about it. Well, there you go, master plan. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Nanny... <laughs> Cheers to Piat. Yeah. You, you look at... The, I mean, having Ronaldo on the pitch can inhibit them. There was a, two or three years ago, famously, Nanny cro- shot when he should have crossed to Ronaldo and the, I don't know if you remember the filthy look Ronaldo gave him. Yeah. So inevitably, even at international level, even though they're all multimillionaires, it is like, you know, the, the not the bully in the playground, but like the cool kid in the playground. <laughs> Everyone wants to pass to, even as adults, they still have that. With him not on the pitch, it was like, well, well, let's just go. Well, Nanny it. had to play that. I mean, because basically, if ever a man said, like, you know, my Nanny could have scored that, he's the, he's the, he's the perfect example. Because, I mean, the, the, the chances he blew. Just on the Man United level, mm. obviously. I mean, you know, what was, do we know how they worked as a, as a, as a dynamic, as a as teammate, club mates, as well as international well, Mates. Ronaldo uh, joined in 2003. Yeah. Nani joined in the summer of 2007. So Ronaldo was top dog, you know, with champions the season he joined. He joined with Anderson and Owen. Uh, yeah, 2007 yeah. with Owen Hargreaves. Um, so, no, he was always the junior partner. Um, and interestingly, though, Nani had his best season at United after Ronaldo had left. Ah. 2010, 2011, he had a really good season, was probably arguably United's best player, and they won the league that season. But um, yeah, he was always in Ronaldo's shadow, came out a bit afterwards, but w- could be quite infuriating. However, as, 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 as won a contract to um, Valencia. Yeah, one of those, one mm, of those uh, international championship contracts, yeah. eh? Well, he had the choice between Valencia and Stoke. Tough. I think he made Tough the right one. choice, didn't he? Yeah. Well, well, listen, the coin's in the air still for me on that one there. You know, the A50 on a Wednesday night is quite a beautiful thing to, to behold. What do you reckon, Garrett, in, in terms of the tournament? Um, I, I've kind of... The, the, it seems that people, as the tournament's worn down, have said, oh, this wasn't much of an event. But I, I kind of retain within my, sort of like, you know, within my, my waters the fact that I've enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it, it was an event for the different reasons as to why you would call an event you know people want to see these swashbuckling displays of you know skill and attacking football but I think you know that there, there are other reasons to get excited about it you know when you see that I know it was frustrating at the time but in hindsight as you look back on it as a football fan rather than an Englishman you see what Iceland did you know um, Wales going the way they did you know it's yeah. almost like the, the the establishment got shook up a little bit and I think I think that's the story to come out of it. And I think the fact yeah, you see point. Portugal winning it in the way that they won it as well. You know that they won one game in regulation time. Yeah. You know, and it, just going. Well, you, know, you would recommend that as, as, a, as a blueprint no, but, but, down but, the but line. What I mean, though, is that, you, but yeah, no, I know what you mean it's, in it's, context of this. Yeah, yeah it, 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 it just makes the in, in the same way that Leicester winning the Premier League makes United, Chelsea, Arsenal, you know, City have to rethink a little yes. bit. That Portugal doing it the way they did it, you know, and, and even Italy to a degree. It's an Italian team that was written off, and yeah. they faced a, a good Belgian team, even though they didn't really perform to their level. They, they faced the, you know, the, the reigning European champions in Spain, and they beat both of them, and they beat them pretty convincingly as well. Yeah. So, I think that the so-called bigger teams that maybe would have thought they could turn up and just turn up and get results didn't get it their way. And um, I think that, you know, it's changed the, you know, the, the landscape a little bit, you know, across the continent. For me, I, especially. Yeah. I, I like the idea, like I like the idea of an idol that's been created by, first of all, Leicester and, wait, you know, shaking up, you know, the, 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 the big boys and making them actually take a good hard look at themselves. Yeah. Much in the way that we talk about on an international level. I suppose we can argue we'll have a conversation about both. Do you think that will be the case or is it all forgotten week next Wednesday? 
that what the new order has been shaken exactly, out exactly yeah they just get back to where they were in the first I think, place I think well I think the tournament you talk of as a whole yeah. I think we, it starts and we're all very excited about it and we enjoy the games it's three a day and it always comes to point in every tournament where we get towards the quarters of semi go it's not been that good has it you know yeah. we sort of get a bit cynical about it I, I tend to disagree I sort of enjoyed it it did lack one classic game other than uh, Wales Belgium good which point. I just saw. I don't know Portugal Hungary was good for no, a, 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 a mad yeah. old thrill there yeah, yeah that's yeah. true yeah so a couple but I think I mean as you said in terms of the new order Germany hadn't beaten Italy for ages France hadn't beaten Germany since 1958 Portugal hadn't beaten France since 1975 yeah. Um, yeah. and Adair scores the winner um, and I remember writing in a column for Bleach Report that, you know... Go on, Sam, tell Well, us no, but, you know, <laughs> they, they couldn't rely on A there to do anything. He'd been shipped out of Swansea, um, cause, you know, because he was He's pretty terrible. He's not a good idea no. of the ball. And that was his first yeah. competitive goal for, for Portugal. Uh, incredible. Yeah. So all these, all these... And, you know, Wales obviously getting Wales, semi-final. Yes. So all, you know, so it was exciting. And, I, I, you know, I was pleased Portugal was a first-time team, uh, first-nation First time they won it as a yeah. nation, so yeah, it made it more interesting. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't thrilling. I know Griezmann has emerged as the star. I don't know. I mean, you know, he left me a little bit cold. I mean, he's he's played well. He's been exciting to won. watch. I think France yeah. have won it. He gets he gets to carry that mantle, doesn't mm. he? But the fact is, is that Ronaldo stole the show by not being on the pitch, yeah. by emerging in the second half through that tunnel. It was virtually, tonight, Matthew, <laughs> I will be the most important player in this tournament. There was smoke, I think, as he came out that tunnel. <laughs> I think when you look at him on the sidelines, well, he could be a better manager than he is a player. The Just way he was he ordering the players around him. He, he threw the fullback straight on the, on the field of play, didn't he? Which is actually, from, from outside the technical area, and presumably against every rule in the book. You could see he was absolutely itching to he get was. back on. I don't think he could be a manager. He'd, 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 he'd run on the pitch at yeah. one point, wouldn't he? Yeah, he's he's just, a, he was just like... It, it reminded know, me man of... Man-handling um, the manager. Did yeah, he did. He did. It reminded me of John Terry when, when Chelsea played Napoli in the 2011-12 Champions League. AVB had just been sacked and Di Matteo had just taken over and it was going to the wire and JT was on the sidelines dishing out the orders and you could tell no one was listening to Di Matteo yeah. they were all looking at Terry like what do I need to do what, and it, it was almost like him rehearsing you know, having his uh, job interview a few years early for the Chelsea job but I just thought it was incredible though seeing a player do that and Alan Shearer at least had the common decency to wait until he'd retired several years, <laughs> was in a TV studio, and then made an application for the England job. So, you know, there's, there's times and places for these things. Am I making too much about of the fact that, um, and I only discovered relatively late, that Pierluigi Collini was actually appointed as the sort of refereeing officer for this event. And apparently, and I read this a couple of weeks back, is that, um, he said, I, can, I, I can't accept sorry I was wrong. I didn't expect that was what he said of his officials how they went out there and they apparently spent hours beforehand looking at individuals talking with coaches coaches referees and players I thought that sort of that 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 entire sort of you know that that triptych all worked together well I've never seen a cleaner fairer looking tournament there weren't many red cards were there either there were very few red cards and if there were a red card it was a problem it's a couple of decent reasons yeah controversial moments but but Ponte but you know show Pep Bay aside showboating antics histrionics cheating seemed to be very low well, it was fantastic. There was very little controversy over the decisions. Yep. I remember, uh, was it the Wales-England game? They thought, oh, that goal should have been ruled out with the Vardy because Vardy was offside. Yeah. But 
you know, the linesman that spotted Spot brilliantly, Ashley yeah. Williams, or I think it was, headed it yeah. back. Brilliant call, but, you know, yeah. it was well offside, but it was headed back by a Wales player. So they got so much right, they get little of the praise. But it was excellent for that. But it was just it's just the authority the referee had. And I don't mind, you know, obviously, obviously Kalini didn't want them to get wrong, but that, that that's happened. But it was just the authority they had and the respect. And, and, and they, they refereed games so well. And, you know, sadly, Premier League starts three or four weeks' time. We won't yeah. see it. We'll see people, you know, running around them and, 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 and bullying them and getting in their face. Whereas they really, they weren't messing. They weren't going to be spoken to. Now, that's very interesting, Sam. Because do you think that simply because of the way that the, the referee walked on the big pitch and conducted himself, immediately created this sea change. Because I can't see how it couldn't have happened without memos flying furiously between everybody saying, by the way, everybody, let your coaches know that it's going to be absolute hell out there if you start if you get up to any of the old pantomime antics. Well, it's interesting what you said because you know they were going on for a few weeks before and speaking to the coaches and you know, it seems to me like there's more dialogue between the teams and the and the officials, which sometimes you don't get. Absolutely. And I think that the players went into it knowing full well what was acceptable, what wasn't, and they had that agreement. Whereas, I might be wrong, but from what I understand of it, ahead of a Premier League season, the players get a day with the refs and they don't get anything ah. else. Uh, you know, and you can imagine how so, seriously yeah, they take that but, day, can't but you? Someone might correct me on that, but that's my understanding of it, and that they don't really get, you know, that they'll have, um, you know, someone go round on behalf of the referees and brief the players on, on rule changes and, you know, the way that the FA want to, you know, administer things now, but I think if they if they've had that dialogue, it just shows that you know what talking amongst referees, you know, officials and the the clubs, or in this case, that you know the yeah. countries, what it can do because there was more respect among the the players and the referees. And you saw it last night with Clattenburg as well. I know absolutely. Yakeep gave Clattenburg four out of ten for some reason for his performance. I thought he had a really good game. Well, there was a there was a handball which you don't want to really uh. talk about. That's right. Too That's often, right. because yeah, that yeah. was a strange well, moment. And we, not, uh, yeah. not the everyone, was it? No, uh, they well, ate he, he booked Kachelny, he booked yeah. uh, didn't he? Um, That's it. He, put it, he penalised Kachelny, Kachelny, but it was actually Ede. Ede's arm. But again, one could understand. It was a forgivable what, mistake, wasn't it? But, yeah. As such. But, but, but I think if you look at the bar from it. They did. Sorry, So it was very, very nearly a Clattenburg-style moment. But here's the thing. The way they, we talk about it in the, in the culture of football all the time is that it, it's going to take forever to change footballers' way of thinking. But there we were in an entire tournament where you barely saw the referee stop before a corner kick was taken because everyone's yanking each other. None of, it, it, it took them three seconds to be told, by the way, lads, you can't do this no more. Yeah, and it, there was an incident last night, wasn't there? It was... Um... It was Koscielny and I think it might have been um, Pepe, where they, the, the corner happened. Koscielny got through down. That little chat and it was over. Obviously, it was done. And it yeah. didn't happen. And yeah, it was just interesting to see, and it was refreshing that we we're talking about football rather than yeah. officials and you know bad decisions going against teams. I still think. I mean, one thing that that, that needs to be looked at is harsh. Is the you pick up two yellow cards in yeah. five games and you miss a semi-final. I don't know, though. I just think that... that seems harsh, that does. I, see, I, I, I look at Well, Aaron side. Ramsey being, yeah, obviously, of now that he's, he's the bosman of that <laughs> moment, he, really, yeah. yeah. For sure, but then you look at the yellow card he got that got him suspended. It was it's a deliberate handball. He, he knew full well what he was doing. I just and think he knew his own one. You see it in his face, couldn't you, straight away? Yeah, yeah I, I think you're letting players off too much that if you start resetting yellow cards, because I know it's over five games, but then you look at it from the other side, it was five games, don't get booked. 
Rather than saying, oh, allowing two cards over a short space of time, and it's like, well, such a short space of time, they shouldn't really be picking up that many I, yellow I, cards. I, but I think every other game, you could kind of... Yeah, yeah. But this is probably semantics, which is good. There's a Sam Wallace wrote a brilliant piece in, in which he interviewed... Um, uh, journalist, football journalist from the keeper about the fact that Michel Platini um, sort of could have gone and watched but didn't go and, go, go and watch because he still believes he's been wronged and he's waiting for everybody to apologise. Is this strange world that, 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 that they're living in still though, as, UEFA, as, a, as, a, as a group? That Platini expects an apology and, to be welcomed back in the family, and, the, and, and there was like virtually no one of any. There was basically the bloke who, who swept the floors, wasn't it? who gave out the who gave out the medals in the end. There, <laughs> it's it, it's it's get, it got by in spite of itself, didn't it? As an organisation, well, I think yeah. I mean, Platini. The great shame about Platini is we now remember him as as the sort of the corrupt official or, yeah. or how it all ended rather than the, the incredible footballer for France at the yeah. 1984 Euros but for Juventus in Serie A when it was the world's best league you know the, yeah, he was the world's best player you know yeah. 84, 85, 86 one of the great tens yeah he's in the ten yeah, exactly. list, isn't he? yeah. it's interesting because Howler um, did a podcast out of the Euros about that same fact a guy called Don Bliss had written it and um, it was all about how Platini had been this big name as we knew him as a footballer but then there's a certain generation of fan now that sees him as the corrupt bureaucrat and it's, it's such a shame because his legacy as a player is incredible and he and he looked like a gorgeous elegant footballer and he looked like a corrupt bureaucrat <laughs> time, time did not treat him well it was he just everything about him was he looked shabby and shoddy and, and dishevelled and shady and yeah. all of those things but of course well, let's not forget his legacy is the men who can't wave their arms on the on the byline of course because he, he, he there, there is those extra officials are his and they didn't even make any bizarre or strange decisions so but d- do they ever <laughs> well actually a point or, or any decision <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. I, I just find that as well, though, that it's this resistance to bringing technology in that they're going to put this guy with a wand on the. <laughs> a magic wand would be fine, yeah. wouldn't it? Because I don't of know, it's, it's just one of these oils. most frustrating things you see. And, you know, the, the official presentation at the start of a game is about 20 of them now, isn't there? As, as the players are shaking Stru- hands, it's like they've got their own team. And, <laughs> yeah, it's just over the top. I've got to say, Clattenburg, with all due respect to him, but probably not much. Uh, and his team, their lineup at the start of the games, their boy band open legged stance was really getting to be much more than it should have done. I didn't see that really. Uh, yeah. I think they practiced it. Oh, you ain't you're telling me because they all did that thing like any decent publicity shot where they're all looking off in slightly different directions, you know, <laughs> to make sure they're engaging the entire one direction. crowd. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> close enough for me. Let's move out of that territory now for that reason. Dust is settled, or settling, of course, over the abject failure of England. We ain't got to worry about that now. We can actually just fix it, of course, gentlemen. Except, of course, all that happened was is that the, the bitter recrimination started immediately. Now, um, Gary Neville said absolute bullshit is the, is, the, is the amen to the whole story. But there must be stuff behind... The quote that the Observer picked up, for example, the players got on fine, it was the coaches who fell out. There must be something in this. The fact that um, Dan Ashworth's uh, re- report back to the uh, to St George's Park was saying that it wasn't right and that there were failings. When you had, they basically, they, they did for Roy 
very quickly. Were they right to do that, do you think? Or Were they right to... To t- basically take Hodgson to the cleaners? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, we've seen this movie before. It happened two well, years yeah. ago in, in, in Brazil. And he was extraordinarily lucky to... Uh, to keep his job after that. I mean, England were woeful at the in Brazil. Uh, didn't win a game. Costa Rica topped the group. You know, the same thing happened. What, you know, two years later, Wales topped the group playing yeah. as a team. Um, England were, were, were shabby. Um, Hodgson was making the team up a, a, as he went along. He didn't know his strongest team. He didn't know his best players. He was, you know, crowbarring Rooney in. Um, and, and, you know, same thing happened. We had been warned. And, you know, you forget. It's England's all about tournament football. Forget about the qualifiers. You know, Capello won nine out of ten and then stunk it up in uh, yeah. South Africa. It, it happens all, all the time. I think the false hope was given Germany, the result in Germany, because they actually played very well, England. Yeah, it, just, it was one out of the bag, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. I, you know. I think where it's really frustrating is that I know he did, you know, it, it didn't work out the way he wanted it to and, you know, everything you say is true about the didn't know his best team but when I came on after the yeah. Slovakia game I just thought give the guy a break a bit because he completely regenerated his squad and he's taken the squad from being this you know when you had Lampard and Gerald on their last legs in international football at the World Cup and now it's a totally different team but then it was just tactically letting him you know why did you, you look back and you think why all those changes against Slovakia you know uh, you, you had you look what um, Deschamps did with France where he settled on this formula almost where it started getting them through and players like Suzuko were playing then yeah. you know, ahead of other players but it was keeping them in because of that momentum because he understood that tournament football once you get something going you need to stick with it and we had it against Wales and he just, just almost like pulled the rug from under their feet yeah, like right yeah. we're going to start again and yeah. that's, that's back to Sam's point though the fact that he was making up as he was going along yeah, yeah, no, exactly. because of course I mean, I've argued week, up, week in and week out on this one here I, I'm not so big on personnel changes if you've got a form if, you, if everyone knows in the squad yeah. what the jobs are and what, and what the way the team plays it's, it's about having the, having the culture of, 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 of a nation or a club you know you look at the success at Southampton well, you know, the managers have done well there, Pochettino and Koeman, but the t- and, you know, they sell lots of players, even this summer. But the culture of the club, the organisation, the structures are there. That That's just, the, ma- that's just yes. the figurehead. Yes. And, it you know, it seems to work with other nations as well. Yeah. And yet England just don't have any of the culture, any organisation, and, and, and they try and grab what's, what's trendy the, the pro- at the The problem is, is that they try to please everyone, and they're not going to please everyone. Yeah, and they go out and it's like, point. this is popular at the moment. Let's go with X, Y, Z. Oh, right, that didn't work. Right, what's just won the Euros, right? Doing it this way, right, we'll do that. That doesn't work. So England, I'm somewhat England- surprised that Roy Hodgson, though, who's a, a, a gentleman of a certain vintage, would be the least likely person, you'd have thought, to, to, be in, to, to want to chop and change and but flip think, and flop. That he, squad, would have, he would have a way. I think if it's the squad and the job, people come in and they just start wanting to whether it's the power of our media or what, they want to start pleasing everyone. And I think sometimes, not just Hodgson, but previous England managers, you look at them and you think they're making decisions based on what's been in the paper. Almost. I think Liverpool fans also argued this as well, by the way. So it's, our, it's fair. Yeah, but Liverpool but, fans but, will argue anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it might be fair to say that he had previous in terms of domestic stuff. Um, Martin Glenn has gone on to say that um, the, the wages of uh, uh, Capello and Hodgson were naive. Interesting word, and that the benchmark salaries down results, which means we are now the situation we're in now. Is this uh, well? It's not. It, it doesn't appear to be so much a round robin, but more a kind of um, a, a various assault upon 
Wembley where the FA are talking to anyone and everybody. Yeah, and see, the biggest problem with this is that we, we change every two years. And it's, you know, like something didn't work at the World Cup, so now suddenly we have this new, right, we're going to be have this emphasis on youth, and then we go in and we fail with youth. Oh, it's because we had the youth, and now we're going to go and do this. And it's good timing, actually. I just picked up um, Rafa Honigstein's book, Das Reboot, about how Germany went through the same thing. And yeah. I thought the irony was incredible how basically what inspired them to completely overhaul their system was a, a bad result against Iceland when they drew Neil Neil and Reykjavik. And I know, obviously, we lost, but I just thought it was incredible, you know, how, how it's happened with England now. But... But, 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 but the point they being, is, they did it. Though. Yeah, exactly. There was the, one they, moment they created, they responded, a, they yeah? created a German identity. They knew where they wanted to go with it. And they went into it with the courage of their convictions. And they followed through yeah. on it. Not going on what was trending in football at the moment. It's like, what's good for Germany? Which is why I'm starting to get concerned that you're getting these talks of Allardyce coming in and, and what have you. Because I think you look at the players that England have got, they're not Allardyce players. I think that England, for once, I think at this co- tournament, you can't blame the players. I think it does come down to the management and the coaching because they, no. dominate, they dominated matches and they dominated matches because of the way teams set up, but they couldn't break teams down. I think that was because of what was happening on the training ground. And that's certain, well, that certainly seems to be a two, lot you of the stri- You've got two strikers in Kane and Vardy that are no separate teams, separate systems, but still know where the goal is. They know how to score goals. They scored a combined 50 goals or more last season. And in England, come out of this competition scoring four. I was looking, I think, And come the pair on. of them made to look pretty machinette. And, yeah, and I... Or, well, Vardy, it's unfair. On I think Vardy. if they had a system in place going into that where they... You know, you say about trying to crowbar Rooney into the team. It's almost like, we must have Kane because he did this, but then we must have... It's like, look, just... You can't play both of them. Go with one, you know, and stick to it rather than chop... Because poor Harry Kane is, what, he's 23 and he's in and out of that England team not knowing what's going on. Whereas at Spurs, he's playing every week. He knows his role, knows his position. Pochettino's got him playing that system and that role. You know, he's, he's Pochettino's and man. And I would add Deli Alley to that it. argument because, of course, the, the way that, the, that they work in, in tandem. So, mm. is, is that fair? Do, do we think that um, Sam Allardyce... Because, of course, basically, we're, we're, we're in referendum mode here. If you, if you accept Remain as Sam Allardyce... Actually, no, go the other way. Brexit as Sam Allardyce, perhaps, perhaps that's unfair on him. And, and Eddie Howe as being Remain... Oh, no, OK, I'll flip into both. I don't really care. OK, there's two options, but the schools of thought are different. One is an old hand, one is a young coach. But, uh, but again, I think when Sven Joran Eriksson took control, there was this all talk of... Um, that Sven would come, but they would, and that was 2001, but there would be a, another generation of English coaches that he would work with, that he would yes, groom, bring through, that he yeah. would bring through, so that when he left, um, that, that would, you know, there would be somebody there. I mean, Steve McLaren was a bit of a, a well, bodge job. But that was right, though. Yeah. That, that was, the principle was correct, wasn't it? <laughs> the principle was possibly correct, but, but I think, again, why is there this scrabbling around? Roy Hodgson was always going to leave at the end of this tournament unless England won it. Now, England were very unlikely to win it. So why are England, the FA, scrabbling around? Yeah. Why wasn't there somebody for the last six months? A year, plan in place. Much, you know, and let's be it, honest, um, it would, that would, would have been plan A, yeah. not even plan B. Well, Because you, you said we've got to win the tournament for him to keep his job. So. Well, in, in 1996, when Terry Venables yeah. said he was leaving after you were in 96 Jimmy Armfield was tasked with the job and he went around interviewing everybody even Sir Alex Ferguson you know just looking at ideas um, what would be next best thing you know Hodgson was always leaving and now they're scrabbling around uh, looking to uh, well Gary Neville well in theory surely 
I know he I did. Mean, a, what, you I know, know he, mean, he's he did there, an awful know. job at Valencia, but I just think, why not? Why not? No, I think I, I think that. <laughs> Poor old Sam. <laughs> but no, I, I just I think it was Sam's, I, Sam's I, rubbing his naturally see, olive skin hasn't been in the garden at all in exasperation at the thought of that. See, I, I think with Neville though is that like Eddie Howe is that yeah okay well less so than Eddie Howe really because he's got no experience and haven't achieved anything but he's an up and coming coach. He's someone you know. Th- th- this is where I find the contradiction is even within the media, where in English football we just don't know what we want because people say, "Oh, look at the Welsh team," and you know, look at um, th- the coaches on the bench and Conte, the passion. Why can't England have a coach like that? I was like, oh, "Hold up, Gary Neville was down the sidelines, <laughs> jumping on Daniel Sturridge, cheering," and it, but that's not good enough because. England failed, you know. You mean he didn't have a nice suit on when he did it? You yeah. know, there are. It's always another reason. You're you, right. You've got a young forward-looking coach who, okay, I know he failed at, uh, at Valencia, but then you know, at the same time, Chris Coleman f- has failed everywhere he's been. You know, and, and yeah, he, he's getting a lot of plaudits because and, of what he's done with Wales. And, and ridiculously, was had his name put in the frame for the England job because yeah. that's what he needs next, isn't it? Is to go into that after what he's building. But, but then there. that just buys into the whole idea of English flavor football. Of what's flavour of the month? Yeah, for the yeah moment. it's ridiculous. That would, I mean, Gary Neville would be a real leap of faith. I mean, it's almost like, except also in theory, logical as in. But oh, did, actually, no, he's baby it, in the bar. I mean, the, the, the footballer... They, so, he mm. failed with Roy Hodgson, didn't he? So yeah. I suppose that... But at the same time... Mm. Sorry, Sam, to cut you off quickly. But what, one thing I like about Neville is that... I know we're talking about punditry and it doesn't transfer to the training field. But one, one thing I like about Neville and the one thing I've respected, even when he was as a United player, is that um, he's, he's a guy who's principled and he tries to live by those principles. And I think sometimes... That's what you need in a manager, especially in international football, where we're talking about England wanting to chop and change and well, not play be, to their strengths. No, no, but, but, <laughs> no, but I, I, think he's, I think he's a coach who would be principled and want to stick to his principles and, and you know and go for it and set up England in a way that because I, I don't think you can tire him with the same brush as Hodgson because he is just a coach. He, he can advise the manager as much as he wants on tactics and everything else that comes with it, but ultimately would, would it the manager's the one making the decision. Now, and I, as you said that, I kind of agree. And then I'm thinking, but wouldn't it be really weird after all of this if he was the one who emerged out of this of being one of the failed sort of like <laughs> but, yeah, management yeah, setup? And, 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 exa- get, an, and example, an example being though is that, um, you know, I, I'm going to bring it in just because it's the, the best thing I know, but Steve Holland at Chelsea. When Jose and everything that happened last season and, you know, how proverbial hit the fan, he came out of that smelling of roses. And he's just, he's in a similar yeah. position as to what Neville is with Hodgson. But he's come out of it well respected and well regarded still. And he's. Look, the, the Football Association will know better than us, and so will the players, that basically Gary Neville has been with Roy Hodgson at two woeful tournaments at the World Cup in Brazil and these Euros. Just dreadful. He was there for 2012 as well, wasn't he? He. At the last Euros too, yeah. yeah. So, so they will know whether there was this, you know. And of course, the briefing starts as soon as it finishes. The briefing starts, but they will know. The players will know whether you know uh, Gary Neville was was advocating a different uh, a different way, and Hodgson was slapping him back. And there's this there's this coaching genius there that 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 Hodgson wouldn't allow to blossom. You know, Neville was his own man at Valencia, and that that. For, for the that imploded months. and I went to see just by chance I was at the Mastaya for the first home game after Gary Neville had been sacked and they were fantastic and they, <laughs> were they? yeah and well, so, so basically they, they, and they beat Severe they and they built, went on they built all the foundations that he's established and turned well you know as soon as he was out the door so 
or, it, I pick, or I pick yeah. you up. Right, who's, who's, who's the next boss? Come on. Well, as we said before we started, I, I, I really... I've looked online as the names Jürgen Klinsmann and Sam Allardyce oh. have come up to see if they're on joke websites. <laughs> and that's, you know, if it's the Daily Mash or the Onion, I don't think the Onion covers English football, but it's just like, you know, but, it, you know, um, Allardyce up for interview, you just think, you know, some, okay, sometimes you think solid English manager, being around, you know, if you're going to interview Sam Allardyce, You've got to interview Steve Bruce as well, really. I think yeah. if you're going... Well, I don't you know, know why his name isn't, exactly, isn't yeah. in the same So breath. if you're going to go down that route, there's a couple there too. It's not Allardyce. He shouldn't have, the, have it to himself. But not him. But, but not him. Not him. And, of not him, of the stalwart managers, not him. It's, again, it's this the sort of nostalgia. Oh, we love Jürgen Klinsmann. He's our favourite German. He came over team. here and he took the mickey out of himself with that dive. And, 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 you know, well, if we're talking about German managers... You made well, a, by the way, Sam, not, you, you made a terrific list of people you're not going to pick here. No. When I say who's your manager. Yeah, well, I've got, I've, oh, okay. I, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Well, well two. And, and, and they're unoriginal, but, and, and, although they haven't really actually been mentioned. So everyone's talking about Klinsmann. Well, the, the, the German that didn't have success with Germany, how about the German that has? Joachim Lowe. I mean, what's he going to do? If, if, if he oh. steps down now, you know, he's won the World Cup. He didn't, you know, he hasn't been the Euros. He might step down. And how about Vicente Del Bosco? He knows how to win a tournament. He has stepped down. What one thing I'd say about so, yeah. what, what one thing I'd say about Love is that um, he. I'm going back to my Das Boot reading here, but he's the manager that's over. I know Klinsmann started it, but he's the manager that's overseen that entire revamp of the German and system, came out of the system, which is what England need now. So I guess that's a in, in that sense it's a good shout. It's a manager with tournament experience. He's been the German manager for ten years. He knows how to bring these young players through. You, you look at the young players in that Germany team now. You know, even down to I know Guardiola was the influence at club level, but you see Kimmich now as well. You know, slotted in in, in uh, Lars' position. Yeah, looks an excellent player. You know, I know he made the mistake in the semi, but I think that that, that could be a good shout. So I mean, I think England. It depends what direction you want to go in. It, 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 it England are so low now, so low that why not? An absolute. I know. They tried it with Capello, although Capello had never had success as an international manager. What did England need? A winner? Okay. A somebody who knows how to play See, tournament football? The, the, the issue is, is going alone. back to the, the Sven idea, when you spoke about um, how the FA had this idea they wanted mm. to bring him through as a, a stopgap almost, as this foreign manager that was going to help bring through this next generation of English coaches. I think that the intention was there, but then they just employed the wrong guy to do it. Mm. You know? I've, I've, and I've I think that's the that, problem is that at yeah. the top, they employ the, it's these appointments they make. They've got the intentions there, but they make the wrong appointment. I, I, well, you may also include that the wrong people are picking the wrong man. There, there may also but, but be... But that's, that's the whole there point. There may also be that. And I'm also always struggle with the idea of the, the point of Joaquin Mo now actually making, you know, say his daughter's but, getting but, married you know, and, he, and he makes a touching speech. And, and Who's that? I, Who made the speech? Lowe makes a touching speech. Right. And, and, and I, I, it, it, it's, it's, I don't know, it's too many connotations for me on that one there just, um, just quickly though about, about on. the FA just just going on to a point in you know managers uh, etc I think that going back to Germany it's Oliver Bierhoff who's po- appointing the manager a former footballer yeah. a guy who's well respected who's appointing I mean you know when, Martin Glenn I'm not a football expert exactly you know, well, no no to be fair Biscuits you not, no no you're not in Biscuits and that's the issue I think as well is that you've got businessmen running the FA which is all well and good for the commercial deals but what about 
when you need to be making these footballing I, decisions. I, I think you found Trevor Bocking was there for a long time. Wasn't he was it? Didn't, didn't but, really. But only was was allowed to talk but about under eights football. Yeah, um, that I, was I, that was where he, that was. But where that, that's the point is that there's there's too many. They, they talk about egos in the dressing room, and I think there's too many egos in the, the boardroom. The dandruff on the shoulders of FA men has always fallen from the world of big business and not from football mm. anyway. Uh, boys, I, I don't want to because basically we we want to draw a discreet veil over the England job. It could be done by the time everyone's listening to this. Of course, it bleeded well one. <laughs> But more importantly, when I've got you two in front of me and there's a football season coming up, there's only one person to talk about. The axis between you two, Jose Mourinho, you Chelsea and your Man United types. Glad to be shot of him? So worried about what he's going to do? Um, I'm worried he was going to do United and I'm still upset he's left Chelsea. Oh, um, he's in that but, terrible but, position here, Sam. But the, the, see, the thing is, is... Um, it goes back to the idea of the FA, the right intentions, the wrong man, is that Chelsea appointed Jose with the intention of they wanted their Fergie, but they appointed the most divisive manager to do it. You know, it was just, they, they had the right idea and they got the wrong guy in to do it because Jose's not going to be, not, not, not have that longevity. And I think he's still well regarded among Chelsea fans, but I think it's October the 27th when he comes to Stamford Bridge. So that'll be interesting and to see whether that support for him goes completely you know, I, whether it's eroded because he's at United now a good, it's a very good point by the time he's got he's got his feet under the table properly the, 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 not so much the spectre of Ferguson but the presence of Ferguson doesn't cease to amaze me he's, he's at this he's at the European Cup final as the most lauded man in the building you've got Cristiano Ronaldo pushing small babies out of the way so he can <laughs> go and hug his old boss Nanny did the same thing and he of course is the papal Thumbs up for Jose right in the face of Bobby Charlton. So what's happening at United? Are, are they? Are you ready to take office again at well, United? I, well, I think I think United had sunk so low. They just need, as I said with England, England sunk so low. You just need a winner. You need a winner. You need a guarantee of success. And that that man's Jose Mourinho. I mean, I wrote a column for Bleach Report and and. I seem to remember Gary quite liked it back in December before <laughs> before he was he was sacked and I said if any manager is allowed a bad season it's yeah. Jose Mourinho yeah. you know you just go hang on alright this is busted this season We they knew that in December let's you, let, let, let's deal with it let's see it out obviously the, the problems at Chelsea were too deep but I thought if anyone's allowed a bad season to go do you know what Jose fine we're going to finish 12th and we, we'll rebuild we'll Never go again to go back to what happened at Chelsea last season is that it was that bad and no matter who they got in they weren't the, se- the season was gone the season was gone when they got beat at home to Liverpool on Halloween yeah. that was it you just knew it and it was just so disappointing that they had this rash decision again to well I say a rash decision because they could have got rid of him after the Southampton game but they, they stuck by him and then they, they just flinched and they, they seemed to have at Chelsea they, they seemed to flinch too much but I need to ask the simple question of a game. Is it, did he go because he's a spent force and, and United have got a dead no, dog no no he, he went for political reasons I think that's why I don't, I don't but know. he was failing as a manager he was failing as a manager but there's it wasn't just him if it was because of him that Chelsea failed when he didn't came in results would have changed completely it wasn't because of him. It was okay. because of there were so many contributing factors. There was namely the inactivity in the in the transfer market. There's been the years of you know um, an imbalance with the transfer policy, and that it's got this squad to where it is now. Okay, he was fading as well. They, they had the issue with the um, coming back two weeks late into preseason. So yeah, that, that, that when the players started, they sorry was that not his choice in the end? I thought that he, 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 he took it on his shoulders. It, but I think this is where the frustration was with him is that. 
Chelsea had to go on this post-season tour at the last minute because they'd won the title, I, I tried, which I, meant I, those players couldn't... So he wanted them to have as much of a break as they could. So it was the commercial reasons that led to that. Don't interrupt because we, we've got about a minute and a half. And I just want to say, but, but do you think you're gonna, you've got a man's challenge now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can see what he's doing before already. You know, Mkhitaryan, Ibrahimovic, Bailey. It's giving United a purpose. Um, yeah, I'm still sceptical that Pogba will happen, but the fact that United feel emboldened to try and go for yeah. him, it, it, you know, he, he's he's a winner, and I think players want to play for him. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I think Good. United will finish in the top four. This and season. are you both now, gentlemen, as I say, acquired you, thank you very much, and Bleacher Report, are you, have you both got stuff in the in the bag? Are you preparing any, any stories that we should be looking I'm, out for? I'm off to Austria on Friday for the... Pre-season tour there for Chelsea. Good lads. Um, just following Conte now. Let's, let's hope he's Jose Mark too. Well, it's all right. Let's hope, you know, he's, he's, at least it's not like players. He's had a breather. He can come in and do a bit of managing. Sam, what are you up to? Um, well, watch this space. Big news to report, Sam. What? <laughs> is, he go- is he going on a big one, is he? I just saw Sounds more interesting than uh, not 5,000 to 1, Pilger for England managers. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I, think, I think basically that olive skin is getting... Tops up in the back. I said, garden. They, 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 they think he's Johnny Foreigner. He's got the job. <laughs> he's in. Pilger for England. There you go. Uh, everybody, there you go. That was a, a Euro whistleblowers. We'll see you next season for the proper one. Bye for now. This is a playback media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network.